Well, first of all, thanks for being here today. Uh, obviously, on a day like today, it would have been easier to stay home and, and uh, uh, stay probably in bed because probably you get up, it's cold in the house. So, so I do appreciate you making an effort. It, it is difficult sometimes when weather's like this to, uh, to make it out. So I, I, I actually, uh, I hate Sundays like this, but I love Sundays like this. I love uh, when people have to make an extra effort, um, and it's just a blessing that you're here. So thank you. Uh, guy's name was Remy Duhon. I, I only met him one time, but I will never forget him. Uh, I, I, I can still see his face and I can still hear his voice. Now, now there's a few reasons why, why I will always remember him. One, uh, one of the reasons is when I first met him, the, met him the very first time, we had a little bit in common. Gotta take your coats. It is cold downstairs. Uh, we had a little bit in common because I went to college at Ozark Christian College with, with one of his sons and a couple of his nephews. So, so I, I, I wasn't necessarily friends with them, but I knew them. And so the first time I met, uh, uh, Remy Duhon, I, I had that in common with him. The, the second thing that I remember about him specifically, and I met him, golly, it's been how long, uh, over 30 years ago. We were living in Baton Rouge at the time and, and, uh, we had a, a, an event that several different churches came to, and, and so he came up and introduced himself. And the second reason I remember him, he was one of these guys that when he talked to you, he just got closer and closer and closer. And have you ever had a guy like that? So I, I started scooting back, but it didn't make any difference. The more I scooted back, the closer he got. And it's like we were face to face, and I'm like, Really, dude. And finally, literally, I got backed up against the wall, and there was nowhere to go. And I'm, and it's kind of people knew him, so I think there were people looking at him like, man, he's got Tim cornered, and, and they're like, great, it's him, and it's not me. And and uh, but he's one of the nice guy. He, he was a preacher in Southern Louisiana, nice guy. But man, he just he was just right on top of me. And and the third reason I remember him was because of that conversation, the the topic of that conversation, I had asked him. A simple question. Remy was was on the board of our camp uh, there in southern Louisiana, and I was going to be going to camp that next summer for the very first time. And, and I'd ask him a simple question about camp. I'll be honest, I have no idea. I don't remember what the question was specifically, but I'd ask him some simple question about camp that should have should have taken a simple answer with just a few words. But I got like a 10-minute dissertation uh, describing certainly everything I needed to know and a ton of things that I didn't need to know, all the while being pressed up against the wall. So I will never forget, forget Remy Duhon in particular because he took a simple question and turned it into a complicated question. We're going to look this morning at a text about a guy who basically asked a simple question. Uh, now, now for him, uh, the, the, the question may not have, or at least he may not have thought that it was a simple question. He came to Jesus, and the reason he asked Jesus this question was because he was impressed with Jesus. He had heard Jesus give an answer to a, a kind of a difficult question, and Jesus gave a scholarly, well-thought-out, uh, uh, intelligent answer, and, and this guy was impressed. So, so he thought, and I think with, with pure motive and with good attitude, he, he wanted to, to find out this answer. So he came to Jesus and asked him a, a simple question. Now, you're going to be familiar with this. We, 
we preached on this about a year ago. He, he asked Jesus this real simple question. He said, of all the commandments, of all the rules, and, and when he said of all the commandments, he, he might have been talking about the Ten Commandments, but I think he was really talking about everything. Not just the Ten, but all the rules that, that, that were contained in the law, all the rules that they had added on through the years uh, as uh, teachers of the law expanded and, and added to that. And, and I think he, he asked this question sincerely, of all the commandments, which is the most important? Now, interestingly enough, had Jesus turned this question back on him, uh, and, and in fact, we see that in, in Luke chapter 10. If you want to go there later, you can look at that. Luke chapter 10, we have a similar story where a guy asked Jesus, what do I need to have eternal life? And Jesus, well, well, what, what does the law say? And, and the guy answered him back basically the same way Jesus did here. But had Jesus said to him, had he turned it around and said, well, well, what, before I answer, what do you think it is? I think the guy would have said the same thing that Jesus did. So, so the truth was, he was asking a question that he already had the answer to. That's why it was a simple question. Now, he thought it was a complicated or, or difficult or deep question because for him, he was, he had some doubts. He, he, he thought that's what it was. That's how he would have answered, but he, but he wanted to be sure he was, he was searching for for, for, from this teacher, from this wise man, searching for a little bit more encouragement about what he should, what he should do. We're a little bit like this. We're a little bit like this guy. We oftentimes come with questions, uh, questions like, uh, how can I be a Christ follower? Or, or questions like, how can I be a better Christian? Or, or how can I grow in faith? Or is God happy with me and how I'm living? Am, am I on the right path? And questions like, am I doing enough? Quick answer, probably no, because we don't have to do enough. God's already done that for us through Christ. The reality is this guy was asking a, a simple question, but he thought it was a difficult one. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Mark chapter 12. You're going to remember this text, or hopefully you do. Mark chapter 12. We're going to look at the at this story and this text uh, where the guy asked a simple question and we get from it, from from Jesus, a simple answer. See, he asked a simple question and Jesus gave, it was a profound, it was deep, it was life-changing, but it really was a simple answer to a simple question. Every Bible's turn to Mark chapter 12. We'll start with verse 28. One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. If you want to read the verses uh, previous to that, you'll, you'll see what they were talking about, how Jesus answered so wisely. Noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked him, of all the commandments, which is the most important? Of all the commandments, what's the most important? The most important one Jesus answered is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul with all your mind and with all your strength the second is this love your neighbor as yourself there's no commandment greater than these well said teacher the man replied see see i told you that's what he would have said that's partly why he answered that way you're right in saying that god is one and there's no other but him to love him with all your heart with all your understanding with all your strength and to love your neighbor as yourself is more important than all burnt offerings and sacrifice that's more important than anything else that we can do when Jesus saw that he had answered wisely, he said to him, you're not far 
from the kingdom of God. And from then on, no one dared ask him any more questions. Uh, I want to present to you today, as we wrap up 2000, uh, 2017, I want to present to you today something I presented to you 12 months ago on the first Sunday of the year when we talked about what we were going to do as a church, what what we were hoping to do as a church, what we were wanting to to focus on, what we were wanting to to think about, what we wanted to always keep in front of us, what was this simple answer that Jesus had given to this simple question, yet yet it was profound in its importance. This simple idea that we are to love God, love people. So this morning I, I want to, just at the end of the sermon, I want to answer that question, uh, or, or at least look at that question, with the question, how do we do? How did we do in loving God and loving people? But before we do that, before we get there, let's let's just take a, a quick look at this passage again and and talk about what it tells us to do. First of all, these two thoughts. Jesus gave him an answer. What's the most important commandment? Now, he kind of asked it singular. He was looking for one, and Jesus gave him two. Jesus gave him two different thoughts that, that are tied together. You can't separate them. There's no way you can take these and pull them apart. He said that there's really two commands, commandments that are, that, that are equal. They're the same. They're tied together. So, so our answer, our simple answer of, of how do we love God? How do we become a better Christian? Am I doing enough? Am I okay? Is to look back at Jesus' simple answer. Well, are you loving God and are you loving people? That's what it's all wrapped up into one simple answer. Love God, love people. He was looking for one answer. Jesus really gave him two. You can't separate the two. Now, now the reality is we, we here this morning will all fall into one of three groups. You're going to be in a group that, that might love God. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm glad if you're in that group, you know, I, I'm glad you love God. You might fall into a group that loves God. You, you might fall into a group of people that love, that love people. Uh, I, I remember watching, uh, this week, I, I was, uh, uh, was, was watching television, uh, I think it was on Christmas Eve, and they interviewed a lady. I, I don't remember her name. Some of you might know her. She's the, the director or the head of the Red Cross in St. Joe. And she was in California uh, during the holidays. She was going to miss her time, uh, Christmas time with her family because she was, Helping the families with all the fire stuff going out there. And, and they were interviewing her that, hey, you're missing your family. What's that like? And, and I remember thinking, wow, that's impressive that she gave up Christmas with her family to help people in need. But I was also kind of, and I don't know the lady. She may be a wonderful Christian lady. I have no idea. But I got to think, I wonder if that's why she's there. If she's only there because she loves people. I can't doubt that she loves people. Man, if you give up Christmas to, Help people that are displaced. You love people. So, so you could be in the camp of I, uh, I love God. You need the camp of I love people. Uh, you can't really say anything bad about either one of those camps. But, but Jesus ties them together. And he says, if you're going to really do what God wants you to do, if you want to really please God, if you're looking for the one answer to that question that you think is difficult or complicated, but really is pretty simple, then love God and love people t- together. Now, now Jesus could have said, in fact, it, it may be a little bit surprising that, that he, he put it the way he did. Jesus could have answered when the guy asked him, what must I do? He could have said, love God. 
in, in fact, had Jesus said that as his answer, hey, what's the greatest commandment? What's the most important commandment? Had Jesus said, do you know what? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And I don't think that guy would have had a bit of problem with that. It would have fit his theology. It would have fit his worldview. It would have fit his personal desire. All I have to do is to love God. Wow, that's cool. And, and church, would you have a problem if, if we opened up to Mark chapter 12 and where it said, hey, what do I need? What's the, what's the most important commandment? If all it said there was to love God, would you have a problem with that? I don't think we would. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have a problem. I said, man, all I need to do is love God. Hey, we're all for that, aren't we? All for loving God. Let me point out something, though. This is why Jesus ties the two together. Through my years of, of being a pastor, I've, uh, I've had the opportunity, the privilege to counsel with, with several couples. Husbands and wives that are struggling and having some hard times. Some, some of them were some really deep and, and tragic stuff. Sometimes it was just, hey, you know, they were a young couple and just kind of trying to fill things out and figure out what life was. But, but usually there was, there was, there was an injured party and, uh, and a guilty party. Now, not always. And, and the truth is, there's always probably uh, room for growth on both parts. But more times than not, uh, more times than not, in reality, it was the husband that was messing up and the wife that had dragged the husband in to, to visit with the pastor a little bit. And, and, and so imagine, if you will, and maybe you've been in there before, maybe you've sat across the desk from, from a counselor before, and, and as I began to talk, without exception, every time I counseled with a couple, somewhere in the course of talking with them, both of them will say, in particular, the, the one doing the, the injuring, the one that maybe is distant, the one that's, that's, that's been hurting the, 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 the other spouse, normally the husband. Uh, guys, we tend to do that. Almost every time, or, or every time, I've heard them say, well, well, well I love her. Or I love him, but but every guy that's messed up, every guy that's that's caused heartache, has said, "Well, I love her," and and when that happens, you know what I say? Great, we're done here. He loves you. You love him. You you both love each other. We are done here because he loves you. We don't need to worry about anything else because you love one another. Now, now I don't do that because you you know why? That, that guy can say to his wife all day long, "I love you." But if she doesn't feel loved, if he's doing nothing that expresses that love, if, if he's giving nothing out of sacrificing love to her or, or her to him, then is it really love? So, so Jesus could have said, hey, the most important thing for you to do is, is to love God. But the, the, the reality is, it's got to be tied together loving God with loving people. Because see, I can say all day long, I love God. But does it change my life? See, when I love my wife, I, I should, and, and I don't do nearly as good a job as I, I should. She can give you example after example if you want to quiz her on that. But, but she should see that in, in effect in my life. She should see that I love her. In fact, there's a couple ways that we we see this love God, love people uh, tied together uh, where, where they can't be separated. See, when we love God, we begin to love in two different ways. Here's the first way. We start to become like God. When we 
love God, we start to become like Him. Let me give you an example. We, um, we have a dog at home named Chipper. Um, I could tell you that interesting story where she got her name, but I won't bore you with that. But, but, but I call her a bunch of different names. I call her Chipper. That's her name. I call her Chip. I call her uh, Chipster. Uh, I call her Chippy. And sometimes I call her Chipmeister. I have no idea why I do that. I just do. It's been about a three or four weeks ago, maybe a month ago. We, we were getting ready to leave, and the dogs were in the house, and, and Rita was uh, was going to get the dogs out, and she said, come on, Chipmeister, let's go. And I looked at her like, Chipmeister? You don't say that, because Rita calls Chipper Chipper. That's all she calls her. And You know, you see what's happening there? She's starting to become like me. Yeah, exactly. I I tried to come up with a better example of that, but I, that's the only one I had today. Was the truth is when we love people, when we when you love your wife, when you love your husband, you, you begin you begin to come become like them and do things like them. When we love God, we become like God. So, so that's why he ties those two together. You can't separate them. What are we supposed to do, church? We're supposed to love God and love people. Well, well, we can just love God and just really be happy about ourselves loving God, but, but he ties, that should, something should change in our hearts and in our acts and in our, our, our attitudes and, and the things that we do. When we love God, we become like God. And remember what, I think it's John, was it chapter three that said, for God so loved the world? Because God loved us, he sent Jesus to die for us and to take our sin, to take away our guilt and our pain, to give us all of that because God loved us. So when we love God, we start to become uh, like Him. Uh, yes, we honor Him. Yes, we uh, we worship Him. Yes, we we spend time with Him in prayer and in, in Bible study. But when we do that, we become like. God. Here, here's the second thing, though, is that we also have to try to be like God, or, or we choose to be like God. So, so when Jesus challenged us, love God, love people, when He tied that together as the most important thing we do as believers, to love God and love Him, part of that's going to come natural. The closer you get to God, the more you're, you're going to become like God. The more you love Christ, the more you're going to have a a heart like Christ. Paul puts it this way when he says in Philippians chapter 2, verse 5, he says we're to have the mind of Christ. Uh, and then he goes on to describe what, Je- what Jesus was like. Well, some of that's going to come natural, but some of that comes because we make a choice to love like God. Some of that comes when we make a choice to be like Jesus. And I think that's part of what Paul was saying there. Have this mind among, among yourself. Be this way. We were... Uh, we did our, our Christmas this week. All of our kids came home on, on Wednesday. Thursday, uh, Thursday morning, uh, or, or afternoon, we were all sitting there together talking and, 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 uh, my, my daughter Crystal began to talk about her daughter, my granddaughter Eden. And, and I don't remember what she said specifically, but she said something about Eden and she said, Eden just has a, a heart like that. That's just, she just loves people naturally. Uh, now, now you guys haven't had a chance to get to know Eden, but that's who she is. She is just a sweetheart. She's just that kind of person. She sees the best in people and what she's 10 years old. Uh, she sees the best. She, she has, she has compassion for other people. That just comes natural for her. And 
Crystal just made that comment, well, that's who Eden is. And this, then Crystal kind of just offhandedly said, not me, I have to work at it. And, and a couple of my other daughter-in-laws were standing there. Lori, my, my son Caleb's wife, said, boy, I have to do that too. That doesn't come natural for me. Uh, now, now, the truth is, it does come natural for them. But there's a reality there. Is oftentimes we have to make a decision. We have to choose to love people. If if you love God, sometimes it comes natural. I, I mean, the Spirit flowing through you, and that's what should happen. We should become more like Him, growing closer day in and day out. As we clothe ourselves with Christ, we should should live like Him, and 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 so loving people should be a natural. A uh, benefit of that, a natural outcome of that. But we also have to make a decision that we are going to love like Jesus. Uh, see, the truth is, our faith has to be demonstrated not just in our love for God, but also in our love for other people. If you have your Bibles, let me just throw out a couple verses here, real quickly, as we move on that, that tell us basically that over in James chapter 2. Verses 14 to 17, it challenges us with this concept, with this idea that our, our faith should be demonstrated in how we deal with people. Uh, James chapter 2, starting with verse 14, there it says this, What good is it, is it, my brother, if a man claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save him? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to him, Go, I wish you well, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about his physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. Now, I want to point out here, uh, uh, we, we don't misunderstand. James didn't misunderstand this point either. We're not saved by good works. We're, we're saved by grace. We're saved by the love of God. We're saved, though, for good works. We're saved so that we can become like God and do those. Over in First John, towards the end of your New Testament, First John chapter 3, Verses 16 through 18 says something very similar there. It says, this is how we know what love is. Remember, Jesus has talked about what's the greatest commandment? Well, love God, love people. This is how we know what love is. Jesus laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. If anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need, but has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in him? Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with action and truth. So we are called, church, then, to love. We're called to love both God and people. Our, our love for God should inspire, should, should, should move us to love people. It should come naturally, and it should come be a, a choice on, on our part uh, to love. So, so let's look as we finish up here this morning. Let's answer that question that I kind of threw out there. Our, our goal this year has been to simply do that. We've talked about it numerous times throughout the year. It's been up on the screen uh, every Sunday with a slide. Uh, it, it's our theme. I've talked about love God, love people. We, we've tried to do that. We've tried to throw out some opportunities and some examples and give, give our, our, ourselves a, a practical way to do that. We're called to love God and love people. Uh, the, the the idea are tied together. Well, we've tried together to do that. Uh, 
we're, we're going to next Sunday look at our theme for 2018. I won't tell you what it is. I'll let you have to come back next week to find out what it is. But, but, but this concept of loving God and loving people doesn't change. We're not switching to a whole new thought uh, next year. Like, well, forget that. We, we got that one mastered. We're, we're, we're always going to have as our goal, as leadership, as a church, we're always going to be uh, judging things by that standard, by that simple answer. Are you loving God? Or are you loving people? But how have we done? Church, I, uh, let, me, let me put it this way. We've done pretty good, but we could do better. Uh, but we have done a lot of things this year that simply show a, a desire to love God and love people. Let me, let me just run by a few of those things just so uh, as we recap our year, what we've done. Probably one of the greatest things that we've done, one of the most impactful things that we've done is Caden's Closet. Uh, we have a few of our Cadence Closet ladies here today. Uh, we'll, we'll pat them on the back next week, the ones that aren't able to make it today. But Cadence Closet has ministered to, uh, to dozens and dozens and dozens of families. Over 100 plus kids have, have benefited from that. Families have come in searching for some answers and searching for some hope and searching for some encouragement and Caden's Closet has been there. So, so everyone that's helped out with that, some of you as leadership, some of you as donating things, some of you showing up and help them sort and, and do things like that, some that have donated money, Caden's Closet has made an impact in our, in our church, in our community, in our county, and, and even other counties around us because we decided, you know what, we're going to try to do something to help. So, so that's been a way this year that we've loved God and loved other people. We, we had a group of people of uh, 13 or 14 of us that went to Mexico this year. Uh, I had a, the privilege uh, a couple weeks ago to stand in the home of R- Ricardo and his wife, the house that we built this, uh, this last summer, and just like, man, this, they, they fixed it up so nice, and they were so blessed by it, and, and I saw the pride that their, their boys had, and, and it was so exciting. But we have a family that has forever been changed, that, ha- that has a, a brand new home, small as it is, a brand new home because we sacrificed. Well, that is something exciting about. Uh, at Christmas time, we had a couple projects. Operation in Napa, we sent fr- from our church 50 or 60 boxes down to Mexico and blessed 50 or 60 kids. Uh, our, our angel tag program, uh, our church, uh, I guess I really shouldn't brag, but I'm going to brag because we did it. Our, our church did the lion's share. We, we did more than any other church in our community, uh, partly because we have people that love it and partly because we, someone had to step up, and so we stepped up. So, so we were able to reach out and touch some people through that. Uh, last May, uh, we did a, a 6K World Vision run and, and raised about $2,500. We, we've taken meals to Haven House uh, all 12 months of this year. 12 times this year, we've gone over and blessed some people. Yeah, this, this last Sunday, or this last Monday, was Christmas Day. We had a group of people, I, I won't name them because I'll probably forget someone, but we had a group of people that showed up on Christmas afternoon and fed the guys over there. What a blessing. But I want to put out one thing. We were getting ready to leave, and, and a guy, uh, Keithan is his name. Uh, Keithan loves to eat. Uh, Keithan loves uh, uh, German chocolate shake. In fact, I introduced my wife uh, to him and said, well, Keithan, she sometimes makes a German chocolate cake for him. In fact, I told him that day when I, I, I introduced him to Rita, he looked down at the tray that we had pie, and he looked down and was like, well, okay, she's here. Where's the German chocolate cake? Uh, said, sorry, Keithan, we didn't have it this time. But Keithan loves to eat. He always gets two or three desserts to start, and he puts napkins over them. Just so I guess, I don't know, afraid someone's going to take them? I don't know. But he always takes food home with him. He just, this guy loves, 
So we were getting ready to leave, and he had walked up to get one last little bit of something to eat. And I saw him look at Chad. He looked over at Chad going, like, what's he doing? And, and a guy named Fred. Fred's a big, tall, black guy that, that comes in. He's not always there every week, but, but Chad's kind of built a relationship with him. And he's done some work here in Troy. I think painted some houses here in Troy with, with the company. And, and uh, Fred comes rolling in. I'm, we're about ready to leave. And, man, it was just so cool to watch Chad visit with this guy. Uh, uh, that 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 evening. So 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 we we bless guys at Haven House. Robin, now this isn't really a church thing, but we had some church people help out. Robin's gone to the Open Door Food Kitchen uh, three times this year and and blessed uh, blessed 170, 80, 90 people, whatever shows up every day or every time when 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 that happens. We we provided some meals to our school uh, teachers to bless them and to our courthouse people. Uh, we were able to pay school back to school charges for I can't remember now it was about twenty different families this year. We just donated some money and said, "Hey, you take care of the back to school. We'll take care of the back to school charges." We raised a bunch of supplies to to get back to school supplies for people. Our alms ministry, um, we we've helped that I I don't know how many uh, Joy could probably doesn't even know, but but a ton of people have had electric bills and gas bills and. And food and uh, gas in their cars and uh, damage from fires. We've been able to give them money, and we we have helped countless people this year because we have our alms ministry, which is just a wonderful thing that we do as our church. We've provided meals for for moms, for for people in the hospital, for people who've lost loved ones, and countless and countless and countless other things that we've done behind the scenes. So, church, church, I. I I think we've done a good job. But there's always more we can do. So Jesus asked this, or, or Jesus was asked this simple question. Now, now the guy was hoping for some profound answer. I, I really think he was hoping to find some little secret that he didn't realize. Truth is, he knew the answer all along. He just didn't understand it quite yet. What, what's the most important thing? What, what, if there's one thing I need to do, what is that? And Jesus, I got this one. It won't even take long. Love God. Love people. Everything else that we need to worry about, church, and there's other stuff, details we need to worry about. Otherwise, I wouldn't have a job and we wouldn't have church every Sunday. There's other things we need to talk about and, and flesh out and, 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 and get details on and work on and be encouraged by. But it really all starts with that simple thing. You know what? If we love God and we prioritize people, if we prioritize loving people like God loved them, man, we're going to hit the mark every time. Would you bow with me? Father, we thank you this morning for the simpleness of the gospel message. It's simple in that, that the, the, the work has already been done. You've provided the sacrifice. You went to the cross through your son, and and he paid the price. We really don't have to do anything but believe. We just have to trust you and and accept the work that you've done. That's a simple, simple message. And and then we come away with that from, whoa, what do I do now? Well, that's simple too. Just love you, seek you, and love other people. Father, help us be a church that loves, loves God, that loves people. Father, help us prioritize 
having your heart as we see people around us. In Jesus' name, amen. This morning I would ask you as, as we head into the new year, maybe you make resolutions, maybe you don't, I would at least ask you to be thinking about kind of processing this idea of what can 2018, what can I do different? What can be better? And I really can't think of any better way to do that than to keep in mind, God, help me love you. Help me seek your face. Help me desire to know you and who you are. And Father, let me be moved by and challenged by and motivated by that to love others. Would you stand as we pray?